Fade it out, Frank. Fade it out. <laughs> hey, we're here for Chimp Chat and Chill. What would be the best topic to discuss right now, this month? What do you think, Mike Clark? <laughs> you got stage fright. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that was the worst answer I've ever heard in my life. Um, His eyes got all doughy. I don't know. Wait, Mike, wait. you know exactly what we're talking about. We oh. sent it in an Jesus, email. Jesus, Mike, I like set you up for you to easily slip mm-hmm. into the Oscars and you got oh, really confused. Y- yes. <laughs> the Oscars disturbed me. Mike is a sound guy. As so, you guys can probably tell. Yep. And Nick Duarte is here and so is Frank Armanderas. We're pretty cute. We're the Crown Chimp crew. Um, check us out, crownchimp.com, if you want. So we're going to talk about the Oscars. Um, but I have a little exercise I wanted to bring up first that I think would be fun. And this is uh, your A24 movie title. You ready? Mm. I saw this on Twitter. Um, so your A24 movie title is The Last Thing You Lost plus The Last Word You Had to Google. I think Frank, didn't you? I did it yesterday. What was yours? Do you remember? I don't know. Let me pull up my Facebook. Go ahead, Nick. (laughs) All right. Oh, man. Mine was, I don't know how to pronounce the word. How do you say that word right there, Nick? Mimesis? 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 I don't Mm. know. But mine was the phone. Mimesis. What's mimesis? It's like like art that is mimicking real life. It sounds like it's like a fungal thing. (laughs) Could be. Hmm. My mimesis is itching. Oh, my mimesis is acting up again. <laughs> my forte is giving me a hard time. <laughs> Wait, what was it though? What was the last thing? The last you lost? thing you lost, like the yeah, last thing you lost plus no. But what was yours? I wasn't listening. I just got distracted oh, by mimesis. Oh my god, the phone mimesis. The phone mimesis. Kind of cool. Yeah. Or mimesis. Yeah. My what mimesis. Was, the last thing I was a word that came up in my in a little word game. I do you know what the last thing I googled was? Hold oh, on, good. it's still a tab. I found mine. It's the remote analgesic. <laughs> Anal. Analgesic. Is that how you pronounce it? Like, I why are you so. saying all these words wrong? I don't know if it's like, analgesic or analgesic. Maybe it's not analgesic. You know, like a painkiller. Yeah. What's you? Do you have yours? Yeah. Um, kind of weird. Uh, <laughs> the Riptide Pandora. <laughs> What's a Dang. Riptide? A riptide? You don't know what riptide is? Yeah, but I don't know how you can lose one and possess it in the first place. Oh yeah, how did you lose a riptide? You lost the entire ocean? Riptide. It's a Uh, it's a carabiner with uh, a riptide. So an eighties sitcom. So you lost your riptide. Yeah. Well they they tend to disappear on stage. Pandora? And then Pandora is just whenever I want to listen to music, I always tell Google to open Pandora. So that's the last thing. All right, mine's pretty lame. Okay. What is it? The Keys Point Man. I like that. <laughs> the Keys Point Man? That's cool. It is pretty sweet. I like it too. <laughs> you can't change your mind. All right, let's get into the topic at hand. The 2019 Academy Awards. Um, lots of annoying, frustrating controversy popping up way ahead of time, starting with deciding to not have a host. And what, like, I guess they, not so much deciding not to have a host, but nobody wanted to host it. And they had, what, who, Kevin Hart. Yeah. But there was, you know, he was a human being that did something that annoyed people, apparently, which you can't do anymore. And so he was out. 
And I think anybody else was was maybe scared to because they're human beings that do things that annoy people. Yeah, I mean, I, th I think with with Kevin Hart, and I mean, I didn't study exactly what happened, but my understanding of it is that he was brought on, uh, he was going to host it, and likes happened to quite a few people. Somebody went through past Twitter uh, tweets that he made, and you know, fold that found that he was pretty liberal with his use of uh, the F word in terms of, descri well, I'm not going to say it, but in terms of describing a gay oh. person. Oh, not the not, F not word. Not fuck. No, no. Gotcha. I was like, um, why is Nick not saying fuck? No, but he would just drop all these, uh, these F bombs to his friends. But, you know, I mean, he's a comedian. He's doing it in a uh, comedic sense. I see. Um, and, yeah, then people, you know, okay. were like, let's pull him. Let's get him out of here. Uh, uh, yeah. And then from there, you know, everyone else was like, well, we're comedians. We tweet <laughs> lots of offensive stuff, too. Yeah. Uh, so we don't want to do this because we don't want you guys to, you know, go after our career. Okay. Frank is going downstairs to get pizza. Tequila. <laughs> <laughs> so we might pause in a moment, but no one will know. Oh, you guys no will have no will idea. You know, I thought they could probably find someone pretty clean and pretty decent to host, so I'm kind of surprised they didn't just get a replacement. Are so are, are they really not having any hosts? No, right, Mike? As far as I know, that's the last thing I've heard. So. And I think they've not had a host once before. Um, I, don't, I don't follow the history of the Oscars, so I wouldn't... Yeah. I wouldn't Somebody, I think, mentioned it, and uh, I think it was like, I don't know, look it up. It might have been in the late 80s, but I believe that was not a very good uh, show. And it seems strange. I mean, I understand, like, it'll happen through having presenters come out, you know, and that's kind of like... But I feel like a host just brings it all together. It's just more fun with a host. And you always kind of felt like, who were they going to make fun of? 89? Yeah. Yes. Like, who are they going to make fun of? Even, even just, like, Billy Crystal. Somebody just kind of more, you know, yeah. like... Family-oriented comedy yeah. was fun, and especially if they say something a little bit, you know, political or a little bit about, a little bit offhanded about somebody in the audience. Yeah, know? it would always be fun. Somebody entertaining, though. Yeah, and do someone like Hugh Jackman. Sure, people enjoy Hugh Jackman. He hosted the Tonys, I think. <laughs> Hugh Jackman. Yeah, sometimes. <laughs> anybody Ooh, has, here you know comes what? Pizza. If anybody has no f words in his Twitter, it's Hugh Jackman. That's probably <laughs> true. <laughs> Just ask his wife. All right, let's pause there. All right. <laughs> uh, wake up feeling blessed up. Piss you on that dress up. Ain't afraid to show it. I'll expose it if I dress up. Yeah. Boy, you eat fast, Nick. You just inhaled that pizza right before our eyes. What are you talking about? It took like 20 minutes and we stopped recording. Might have been about myself. Ah. Hey. Hey. <laughs> I've got kind of stuff in my throat now. So, yeah, speaking of Ed Norton, <laughs> just kidding. Look, no host. No host, no host. Frank, you didn't really say anything about it because you weren't here. Yeah, I wasn't here. Well, what's your thoughts about the whole no host situation? Because we don't like it. It's the opposite of a good time. Yeah. <laughs> you know, to be honest with you, I haven't really... I didn't even know they still didn't have a host for the team. <laughs> I was going to be completely honest with you. I thought they figured that out. Yeah. They but figured out they, they weren't going to do it. Yeah. Oh, okay. No. So what's... Hold on. When was the plan? Just no hope. <laughs> I don't really know. We were just saying So who's going to present a, like awards? I guess and they'll probably have like, Are we going to lose a yeah. job to a robot? What's happening here? Mm. That's weird. 
don't talk about Julianne Moore that way. No, they're going to have different presenters come up and present, but like oh. no one stringing the whole thing along host, yeah. which is, I don't know. Whatever. I'm going to start with the category of best film editing. Of course. So, yeah. Um, what do you have over there? Well, it's not shit from my journal. Frank, it is a list of all of the Oscar nominees. So, right. best film editing. We're gonna. I'm gonna name them off, and then we'll go around. Oh, okay. Um, so, Black Klansman. Um, so that's Barry Alexander Brown, John Ottman for Bohemian Rhapsody, uh, Yorgos. Oh boy, oh boy, I can't pronounce his name. Mavropsodiris. <laughs> this is why they cut film editing. <laughs> Help me Thanks, out, Yorgos. Can you say this? Yorgos Mavropsodiris. You know what? Greek words and, and names are are totally just phonetic. I don't know why that's so difficult. It's just too many syllables at once. So for the favorite, <laughs> um, Patrick J. Don Vito for Green Book, and then Hank Corwin for Vice. Now let's start with let's start with Mike over here. All right. Those are the categories: mm -hmm. best film editing. So in your opinion, who, who would be your pick? Who would you um, vote for? I can only say that I've seen Black Klansman, Bohemian Rhapsody, and Green Book. You don't I have, have to say chance that. to see no, those other two. That's the last time anyone here is going to say that. <laughs> <laughs> that's why I wanted to say it first. Okay. Um, yeah, let's just make it clear that not none of us have seen every single film in every single category. I would say um, I, I would put this towards Black Klansman. Um, it has... Through, through the film, uh, a couple sequences where there are multiple timelines running parallel to each other. Mm -hmm. And whenever that is done correctly, it comes out really well. And so that's, that's my first... Stood out to you for yeah, that's my that's my first pick. I would probably say Bohemian Rhapsody would be second and Green Book and third. So, All right. But yeah, Black Klansman had... Uh, Parallel uh, timeline editing and uh, that's difficult. Yeah, that's uh, that's definitely uh, difficult. So okay. Yeah. What about you, Frank? Okay. Of the movies that I saw on God damn it, Frank. <laughs> <laughs> um, for me, it comes down to the Green Book or Vice, and I think I'm going to lean towards Vice. Yeah. Um, Seems like it was really sharp. It, it, you know, it, it reminded me a little bit of Jake Gyllenhaal's character in um, Nightcrawler. To a, the film editing? Not the editing, I'm sorry, just the character, the, the character arc and, and the way that it was edited from, uh. from, I mean, Dick Cheney was obviously a person in power already, but we knew so very little of him and his agenda and the way they just kind of slowly revealed all of it was uh, was really good. And, it's in, and the writing is obviously really, which has nothing to do with that, but Somewhat. I think... You got to know how to tell the story. Yeah. yeah, I think the editing advice was um, for me. Okay. I enjoyed it. All right, Nick. Um, what you got? I'm between Vice and The Favorite. Mm -hmm. I think they both do totally different things. Because you saw them all and those are your favorites? I did see all of them. Um, wow. The Favorite uh, does it, I think, in a less showy way. Than uh, Vice? Than Vice. Okay. Um, but Vice crams in so much information. And Frank and I were talking earlier today about how hard yeah. it is to do a biopic. And Vice the never cave. feels boring. Mm -hmm. Like it is like you're in it the entire time. And so much of that is that editing Adam style. Adam McKay's that, shit is just like how does he cram it all in yeah. there if you know what I mean. What's so that. great I think about the editing too is that 
it would it could have been so easy for you to get really tired of that character because it's like he was so scummy, 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 and it could have gotten really like I get it, you know, mm-hmm. he's a scummy yeah. guy, but it did such a good job of letting it breathe when it didn't need to let things kind of materialize. You, you know? do come it's to see him as a like person. It, yeah, it's, it's got like a, a really cool art of war philosophy to it where it's like, you know, conceal your intentions and move in the shadow kind of thing, which I think is like the beginning. I don't know if, I don't think it's Machiavellian or... or but it's or, something similar. But yeah, there's something similar yeah. to that. And yeah. <laughs> All right, what's your next okay stupid category? Next category is best visual effects. Um, I'm going to choose, I'm going to go first. Okay. Okay. Uh, best visual effects. So we got Dan DeLue, Kelly Port, Russell Earl, and Dan Sidwick for Avengers Infinity War. Christopher Lawrence, Michael Ames, Theo Jones, and Chris Corbold for Christopher Robin. Uh, Paul Lambert, Ian Hunter, Chris, Tristan, Tristan Miles, and J.D. Schwalm for First Man. Roger Guyatt, Grady Coffer, Matthew E. Butler, and David Shirk for Ready Player One. You could cut 20 minutes out by just say, not saying all these names. Um, and then Rob Brito, Patrick Tubach, Neil Scanlon, and Dominic Tohi for Solo. So best visual effects here. My pick would be Infinity War. Um, and Ready Player One, I mean, that's a kind of a close one there. But Infinity War, um, just because... They go to different worlds and they go to different um, different action sequences, and each one feels so unique and uh, seamless. It doesn't feel like a shitload of um, visual effects in your face, but that's exactly what it is. Uh, so that would be my pick of those on this list. It's not as subtle as First Man, that's for sure. Uh, if I had to ch- so. Yeah, you do have to choose. Uh, yeah, yeah. No, um, no, it's actually pretty easy for me. I choose Ready Player One. Um, the problem with Infinity War for me is there are uh, more than a handful of sequences in there where the compositing it feels really amateurish for this film. Um, Burn. Uh, like, <laughs> like uh, you what, know, name over, one. I mean, over, I agree. I believe you, but what are they? Uh, basically, it's people's bodies and heads inside suits. You know, you figure. <laughs> Mike doesn't understand what bodies look like, though. You figure, you know, after 10 years of Marvel cinematic history with having, like, um, Robert Downey Jr.'s head inside a CG body. Okay, there's a little Hulk stuff. It's a little weird looking, yeah. Well, no, the Hulk Hulk stuff, no, it's it's the actual actors. Yeah, you're wrong, Sonya. In the suits. I'm saying the same thing, though. I'm saying the stuff with the Hulk, like Mark, Mark Ruffalo inside the giant Hulkish. Iron Man suit looked a little weird. Yeah, yeah, and so did uh, I forgot the guy who plays Rhodey, um, but his suit felt kind of awkward too. So those things really stood out to me. Don Cheadle? Don Cheadle. Don Cheadle. You forgot Don Cheadle? Uh, yeah, I forgot Don Cheadle. Um, it happens, man. But you know, it, it all all those all those issues actually occurred within the last ten minutes hmm. of the film, right around the climax of it, and that really kind of annoyed the shit out of me. So <laughs> messed up your climax, huh? So Ready Player One was completely visual effects with the exception yeah. of, you know, a handful of sequences that took place in the real world and the visual effects in that are just mind blowing and nostalgia factor through the roof. So yeah. that's why I choose uh, Ready Player One. Alright. So I thought you went with Avengers. No. He, oh, he just dissed Avengers the whole time. I mean I like the 
I liked it. But I hated it. Yeah. It was perfect. Totally agree with you. Ready Player One. Um, it just it stood out so much. It was such a fun adventure. I pretty sure I saw that one in 3D. And if you saw it in... Or on acid. <laughs> acid and... Uh, yeah, see, I, oh, I, did. I saw it in 3D and in uh, D-Box. And it just... D-Box? D-Box. Sounds like... Yeah, it's so <laughs> yeah. fun. I, I, I enjoyed it. This uh, is D-Boxing. Yeah, the nostalgia factor of it and just the whole the whole world just felt so authentic and it just really... The first time in my life the world felt real. <laughs> Uh, I'm going with Sonya and <laughs> Infinity War because these two are idiots. Also, also the bigger when, question is why is there no stunt category and it should be best action film and that should be Fallout. Did you mention Solo? <laughs> <laughs> you said Solo. Did you say Solo? Yeah. Okay. Solo was very pretty too. But, you know, yeah. if you're going to make Peter Dinklage into a giant, you should definitely win that category. Uh, yeah. <laughs> If you're going to see Peter Dinklage the dinks. be a giant, you shouldn't go to the bathroom like an idiot. I did that. Yeah, you did. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Next category, production design. Yeah. I love Skip it. it. Fuck you. We're the second F word. Can we talk about this one during the commercials? <laughs> no. All right. So the nominees, Hannah Beachler and Jay Hart for Black Panther. Fiona Crombie and Alice Felton, the favorite. Nathan Crawley and Kathy Lucas, the first man. Uh, John Myrie and Jordan Sim, Mary Poppins Returns. Eugenio Caballero and Barbara Enriquez for Roma. All right. Um, why don't you go first, Nick? I need to think. Okay. <laughs> uh, for me, this was Black Panther. Like, I, <laughs> shut up, man. Like, that was the one that I felt like most in that world. I thought they did such a good, interesting job of taking all these different uh, various cultures and created their own culture completely through production design. Shut the fuck up. It's a good pick. (laughs) Black Panther is a good pick. Okay. All these other ones are just like, oh, it's the real world. (laughs) Yeah, the favorite is so the real world. It is the real world. It's based on a real story. Fuck out of here, man. It's true, though. All right. Black Panther is the winner. All right, uh, It'll Frank. Probably win. It'll probably win. It'll Frank. probably win. What's yeah, because it's the best choice. Oh um, best production design? Normally, I would probably go with the favorite because it's an era piece, but I didn't see it, so I'm going to have to go with Mary Poppins. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go with Mary Poppins. Because you I, saw it? Did I you did see Mary Poppins by yourself? I did see Mary How many times did you see it by yourself? Twice. Yeah. I saw it twice. And it was it was good. It was it was good. <laughs> That's why I saw it twice. Okay. Um, I thought I, I think what it did was just to bring back a movie that is that iconic with that kind of nostalgia and bring it back and and still make you feel the same way. Um, mm. That I think. I mean, I mean, just the entire world of it was just... But doesn't it have the advantage of already having a world that it built upon from the original Mary Poppins? Yeah, yeah, but, I mean... It's like, here, recreate this, but with things that you can use now. (laughs) Do it. Yeah, and that's a good argument, but it still has to keep the heart of the story and still has to keep the heart of the the production. You know, it has, has, you know, big big shoes to fill, you know, and I think it did it. (laughs) All right. (laughs) 
Mike, what do you think? Oh. Black Panther favorite first man, Mary Poppins returns. Roma. Um, I'll go with uh, Black Panther. Um, basically, among along the same lines uh, that Nick mentioned is that, that they Nick did um, they did an excellent job of creating you know this world from the comics um, and blending it with you know the high technology. It's it's it's. It's a very tribal culture, but high technology. And that's one of the things, as far as the comics, that has always been interesting for me for as far as Black Panther is concerned and Wakanda. So, um, yeah, seeing it visualized, you know, uh, was pretty, uh, pretty impressive. So, yeah. I'm going to go with Blade Runner 2019. <laughs> 2019? <laughs> yeah. I'm going to go with Blade. Um, for me, for me, it's a toss-up between The Favorite and Roma. Um, with Roma, it's just so beautiful, but it's hard to pinpoint, which I think is great, the production design, because it's like watching one of these old classic European sort of films, where it's just like, here you are in this old world, and, and you instantly become part of it, and it, you just sink into it, and you feel it in your bones. So... But there's so many parts about Roma and the way that they put it together that production design wasn't something where I was like, holy shit, look at that production design. Where I'm like that with films that I really love production design in. And so I think that I might lean towards the favorite because I love period pieces and this went over the top with the luxury, the detail, the colors, the richness. It really worked with the lighting and I, you know, and wardrobe, of course, and the hairstyles. So all of that together, to me, I just really, like, it, my, it made everything pop. My eyes just, like, bug out looking at the production design. I like to notice production design. If I were to choose, like, best production design for this year, it would be none of these films because I like things that are extra, you know, um, when it comes to art design. So probably, like, Mandy, you know. Um, but of these films, definitely the favorite. And that was a really good answer, by the way. Mm. So... <laughs> Listen, let's go on to the best sound editing. Ooh. Mike! Can we do sound editing and mixing at the same time? Yeah. Because I don't want to have to listen to Mike talk about both. <laughs> Mike, can you just explain the difference for the viewers? The viewers. Or the listeners. I don't know. Well, maybe they're watching their, like, their iTunes or podcasts. They're imagining us yeah. in our underwear. Mixing Imagine is it. balancing all the... <laughs> Mixing is balancing all the different soundtracks, uh, sound effects, dialogue, music, and such together in a way that is pleasing. So it's something like a child could do that, right? <laughs> um, no. A very, very like highly intelligent, like evolved human child, perhaps. But a child, but a child. Okay, cool. <laughs> go ahead with uh, sound editing. And then sound editing is would fall under creating sound effects and placing them in, um, adjusting dialogue to sound unique in particular sequences. Um, is Foley part of that? Foley? Or is it its own thing? I don't, there isn't a category for Foley I, as far there as There isn't I mean, a category no. for Foley, but yeah. it's I believe Foley it falls, part of I would say editing. that it would definitely fall under the editing side because it's um, creating something new from scratch. Yeah. Um, 
versus mixing, which is just balancing your, not just, but it is yeah. the balance of your soundtrack. Man, sound mixing, it's so fucking huge. Like, when you, when you have a film that has really beautiful, like, clear sound mixing, it makes such a huge difference in your experience of watching the film. So, yeah. Speaking of sound, is this sound editing or mixing that's happening with this train right now? <laughs> this Holy. is uh, restoration. Is a sound. I would say it probably fall under editing. So. All right. Well, while the train's in the background, oh, yes. uh, I'm going to read off. Let's, let's go ahead and start with editing. And uh, so we got Benjamin A. Burt and Steve Bodecker for Black Panther. John Warhurst and Nina Hartstone, Bohemian Rhapsody. Eileen Lee and Mildred, oh, sorry, Mildred Latreau Morgan, First Man, Ethan Vanderin and Eric Adal, A Quiet Place, Sergio Diaz and Skip Lise for Roma. Best sound editing, what do you think, Mike? Mm. Uh, we all agreed we're doing it at once. Oh, man. We can't actually double up our words and say it at once, and I'm not going to read all of these off at the same time. We're not going to get those groceries, man. There's, There's different films there. So, you One know, Ben Bird is the godfather of sound design, uh, and, you know, he's freaking incredible. But Bohemian Rhapsody had a really impressive uh, edit on it. I mean, creating the realism of the Live Aid concert. Uh, was pretty epic, and then I'm a huge fan of Eric Audley, um, and Quiet Place really stood out as far as just the using the lack of sound. Mm -hmm. um, so this one's t difficult, but I probably have to give it to a Quiet Place, place because oh. that was it. It brought sound from being something that should be subtle and essentially not noticed, just understood and accepted, it brought it into the foreground and made you focus on the lack of sound and what you hear when everything is extremely quiet. Mm -hmm. And, um, yeah. Okay. So, yeah, well, I so that. Nick isn't so angry. We're going to go on to mixing real quick oh, with okay. the same opinions that you're going to give right now. All the same films except A Star is Born replacing A Quiet Place for mixing. Mixing? I would then give that to Bohemian Rhapsody. Um, balancing the, uh, the, the score, well, the music of Queen with, you know, huge audience areas um, was really, really well done. And uh, having it over, like touching dramatic sequences in that film, you know, you don't want your, your music to bring you out of an emotional segment. And I felt that whenever they put specific songs in the background, they had it at a level mm -hmm. to where it enhanced the scene rather than detracted and, yeah. you know, pulled your focus. Of course we get the best answers from Mike, although I'm going to go on to Nick next, so maybe he can compete. I don't know. But <laughs> here's what I'm going to say. That's such an interesting, clear uh, differentiation that you made between the two categories. Um, and those films are so very different. And you can really tell the difference between those two categories um, the way that Mike explains it. Um, what do you think? Would, what's your picks for editing and mixing? Roma. For both. For both? Yep. 
and why? I, uh, Roma was like the best sound experience I had yeah. in a theater it really in was, like, like years. It really know, got but, in there when that whole, you know, like with the planes and just the riots and everything. Everything. Yeah. And like there's so much detail into that. There's so much world that was built. It sucks you in. Like I, mm-hmm. I think everything about the sound of Roma is like that it's like the epitome of what you would want how you want to be moved by a film i think i was almost more i probably was more moved by the sound than i was by the cinematography and i thought the cinematography was gorgeous like you can you could probably even with the foreign language listen to just listen to it and enjoy it you know like almost like you're listening to like a radio play Mm -hmm. with all the sound yep so that's my answer for both of them good answer Mm -hmm. what about you frank so you made an interesting point right now about just listening to something. And I think that if you were to just turn your back on a film and just listen to it and still be able to be immersed in the world, mm-hmm. to be able to understand what's happening and just feel, you know, still be moved. I think that A Quiet Place um, does that for me um, for all the reasons I just laid out. And then for sound mixing, I think Black Panther um, mm-hmm. Did that. I'm not a huge fan of the the movie itself, but I think in terms of what they do with the mixing, um, definitely steals. Pretty it. nice. Um, give me that. Here, <laughs> take it back. Give me that sheet. I'm not a fan of a quiet place as a horror fan at all, so I don't really have anything good to say about it. <laughs> um, sound editing. You know, I, I would agree with Nick. For sure, on the sound editing, when you mentioned it after we had both seen it as something that stood out to you, mm-hmm. and I was like, "Yeah, definitely." Um, but again, with production design it as a whole, you know, um, that's just part of how how epic the film was in yeah. general. Um, so mixing, I wish I had seen more of these films, but um, I don't know. I, I guess I don't have a very good uh, educated pick on that. So never mind. You need an educated pick once in a while. Hmm. I don't have one for that, for it, for mixing. So that's a pass? That's a pass. It's two passes. And I dropped my paper so Nick would pick it up. But you didn't give me a chance to. (laughs) I changed my mind. All right, um, so we're going to go to best original score. Mm. Mm. Oh, it's like we're still on the subject of sound. I'm really confused, though. (laughs) Is Johan on that list? No, listen, I'm Let's just confused. skip this category. Right, if Johan's not here, then something's wrong with the way that my sheets have come out. Help me, Nick. I think I dropped a paper into the abyss because I can't actually find where the original score Original are. score. You have Terrence Blanchard for That's Black Klansman. You have Ludwig Goranson for Black Panther. You have Nicholas Bertel for If Beale Street Could Talk. You have Alexander Desplat for Isle of Dogs, and <laughs> Mark Shaman and Scott Whitman for Mary Poppins Best Returns. Best original score, eh? Man, I, bo- I boycott since Johan Johansson wouldn't make it. He would never be nominated for this because people suck. And um, what do, you know what I think will win is Black Panther. I, and I actually own that score. I have the soundtrack, I mean. It's a really good score. It's it's a good it's yeah. good, but I love the the like 
you know, actual song, like the Kendrick Lamar songs, I mm. think are, it's a great score and it's, it's something a good soundtrack I, too. Yeah. The soundtrack is good. Um, the score, oh, the score by the actual composer. Yeah. I, I think it's real. Oh, you have it as a pick too. Yeah. Really nicely done. And, um, you know, it makes, it does exactly what it should do, which is give it more action, <laughs> which, but you know, a, a lot of, I feel like Marvel scores are just kind of meh, yeah, and kind of generic, and I feel like meh. this one like really stood out. Like the and, guy tried, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I think uh, Ryan Coogler, the director of it, has been working with uh, Ludwig Göransson for all of his films, oh. like since I think back when oh. they were at, um, I think they went to USC together. Well, that makes sense. They have yeah. a relationship together, so he knows what he wants, and he really, yeah, that's cool. All right, your guys' thoughts. You guys need to see this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They need to see it because I'm not sure what happened. Mm. <laughs> Kill the dead air. Do We're it. losing listeners. <laughs> By the second. Mike, are you gonna go? You first. Mike. Oh man. Okay. Uh, well, Hi, you know. <laughs> yeah. If I don't understand why he is not on this, though, something's man, happening. It was with... a weird experimental film that wasn't gonna get nominated. For which is horseshit. I know, I loved it. I love Mandy, but it was definitely like experimental. Your Evernote is yelling at you. I don't know if experimental is a good word for Your Evernote is yelling at you. Shut What's up. It Come on. You're taking me and all of the viewers out of this experience. <laughs> um, I'm going to go with Black Panther as well. But I'm not going to elaborate as to why because I feel like you've already done that. And I mean, I don't feel that strongly. Yeah, I don't really feel that strongly about any of these. I mean, Mary Poppins was was good, <laughs> and, it, and it it just brought that back again so nostalgia, weird. and 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 it's, it's fun. It, it is fun, but none of these, in my opinion, really stand out. So Frank by default, Black Panther. Some of your film. Like, taste or that of a 50 year old woman. <laughs> That's takes a long time to remind your taste. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, oh, God. I would choose um, Black Panther, but a lot of the stuff that stands out are what I would consider falling under like original songs yeah. versus a score. You're right. Like, We're all the, get to that like the stuff next. that yeah. is essentially like stuff you hear on the radio right. is what really stands out to me as far as. The music in Black Panther, so for me, I would actually choose Isle of Dogs. Hmm. I thought it was very clever and fun in that style that is always, you know, uh, the, those particular type of films. Is and it Wes Anderson? Yeah, it's Wes, Wes Anderson. Anderson. Yeah. Yeah. Alexander yeah. Deplat is, is an amazing composer. Yeah. It's um, a, I think it's, he won last year yeah. for Shape of Water, maybe? Hmm. It's, it's, I'm not precisely sure, but either way, that... Whimsical that, music. That, yeah, exactly. You know, it, it, it perfectly fit the styling of the movie and aided in just me being constantly amused with what I was seeing on screen. So, uh, yeah. So, Score. I have a question for Frank about Mary Poppins. Mary Poppins Returns is not just a remake of Mary Poppins. She's coming back again. Is that right? As the name implies, yes. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah, it's Guardians hmm. of the Galaxy Three. <laughs> Excuse me. Mary I don't Poppins understand. Is in Guardians of the Galaxy. Don't. It's a dumb joke. <laughs> We're gonna go down this rabbit hole. Uh, just. Uh, I, I can't. I don't even know. Just go with original right. song. That's original song. Get us out of this hell. This is the song I was talking about earlier. Um, I really like all the stars on Black Panther. It's Kendrick Lamar. Um, 
Then there is an original song <laughs> called All Fight on RBG um, that Ruth Bader Ginsburg, which I did see that film. Oh, yeah. It was cute. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when I say cute, I mean she's cute, and it's a good film. It's interesting. Um, so, yeah, there is this original song on Mary Poppins Returns, The Place Where Lost Things Go, which I feel like Frank just sings in the tub, right? <laughs> Singing it right now. <laughs> <laughs> and music is by Mark Shaman. I thought it would be by, like, um, his boy over here. forgot his name. Hans Zimmer? No. <laughs> Lin-Manuel? Yeah, Lin-Manuel. <laughs> Don't give me that face. You know his name. <laughs> I do now. Say it. Tattooed it on your, your dick. And then there's Shallow from A Star is Born, which I don't know why there's original music in that one. But anyway, Lady Gaga. Um, and this is cool. When a cowboy trades his spurs for wings in The Ballad of Buster Scruggs. David Rawlings and Gillian Welch wrote that one. That's cool. That must be the opening song. Yeah. yeah. Adorable. Well, that's my favorite movie on this whole list. <laughs> so best original song, I would pick that just because I really love the shit out of that film. Uh, well, then you haven't experienced Star the cinematic <laughs> joy and catharsis that is shallow. Uh, Who when sings they, it? Both of them sing it together, well, and it is, it's so amazing. Good. We I listened to never, it together when we were eating pizza. We did. I never want to see uh, Bradley Cooper sing. Uh, he's, he's good. really good. Yeah, if you is don't he want better than Chris Christopherson? Because that's not much. <laughs> yeah, he moves you emotionally. I don't know, man. I can't. I can't. Well, you didn't even see it, so go away. <laughs> you didn't even see it. Um, well, yeah. I'm surprised, though, at you, Frank. Why? That you don't pick that the Mary Poppins. That he has good Poppins, taste in music? That you don't pick the Mary Poppins song over A Star is Born Shallow. How shallow can you be? Pretty shallow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. I don't know. Out of those, I, st- I think All the Stars is still a great song. Um, but I haven't heard those two, nor do I care. And like I said, I picked the one from Ballad of Buster Shucks. What about you, Mike? Um, I'll do the uh, Black Panther one, uh, All Stars. Yes. Yes. It's, I mean, it's I've heard song. it. Yeah, it's catchy. I, yeah, it's catchy. Um, it's easy to listen to. And uh, yeah. for someone that's not really big into pop per se uh yeah. it uh i mean i can i can listen to it so yeah. it's uh did you see yeah. stars more i i will i saw <laughs> the like second one here. the second remake no 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 this one no, this no. no I, I i just figured you know <laughs> <Judith> just, Garland? <laughs> I'll, I'll wait for i saw it the one with barbara streisand um, yeah I, which is basically lady gaga right i'll, so. I'll just wait oh for it God. to come out and then i'll see it. what's not you know what <laughs> Greek. All right, we're going to go over to best makeup and hairstyling. Um, I only see three here. Mm-hmm. Why? I don't know. That's weird. That makes sense why no, they cut it out. They do that sometimes. There's definitely more than three that could have been nominated. That's some bullshit. This is where my Do they always do that for makeup and hair? Or I feel like that's not the case. I think yeah. that's odd. Because every once in a while, though, there's a category that only has look, three. Look How is that possible? See, see last year's. Um, There's an idea. Uh, <laughs> you know, my tone was directed towards Mike. Oh, I'm Maybe sorry. Well, you mind. looked at me when you did it, so. Very <laughs> confusing. <laughs> All right. Um, the, the nominees are uh, Goran Lundstrom and Pamela Goldammer for Border. Oh, fuck Ooh. yeah. Did you see Border? Mm-hmm. All right. Jenny Sh- oh, Shikor? 
Um, Mark Pilcher and Jessica Brooks for Mary Queen of Scots. Makes sense. Um, and hey, Greg Canham. Greg uh, Kinnear? Yeah. <laughs> Kate Bisco and a good joke. Patricia DeHanny <laughs> for Vice, which makes sense. I mean, look at Christian Bale. Jesus. Well, would you I, look I, at him? I would definitely go with Border. That makeup was fucking cool. Um, they were trolled out. They looked awesome. I don't know about the hair. <laughs> you have seen Vice. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> do you want to change your early hair? <laughs> <laughs> How do you forget you saw it? <laughs> Right. Well, I mean, yeah. Between Border, Mary Queen of Scots, and Vice. Yeah, they only do three uh, nominees. All right, that should be more of an outrage. Weird. Than anything. That is really. It, it they've always only done three. Me. That's so strange. There's no way there's only three worthy of Oscar, and that's really that. bizarre that yeah. the Border is there. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Because yeah. I love the shit out of Border, but I'm. But who saw sure Border? The favorite should be in here. Yeah, for sure. Over Mary, I don't know. This is a weird, weird category. Vice makes perfect sense. Don't fucking kick me in the foot anymore. Um, <laughs> but I don't know. So of these three, what do you, what do you pick, Nick? I guess Vice, just because of like the scope of it. Yeah, it's Although I great. think like it was completely key to Border sure. success, but is also key to Vice's success, and there's a bigger scope. So yeah. Well, how much of it was just Christian Bale getting fat? I don't know. Quite a bit. Yeah. But it looks good, better than the. I mean, I hate to say it, but better than the Gary Oldman. Makeup. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. What do you What do you got there? Did you see Border? You would enjoy it. I did not see Border. It's no. that, That's a weird experimental mm -hmm. film, yeah. right there. Yeah. yeah. It makes me take back what I said about Mandy. Yeah, Mandy needs to be in all of these categories. <laughs> all right. So be uh, between Mary Queen of Scott and Vice, I would go with. That's close. <laughs> I mean. For one, I think I'm gonna go with Mary. I I, I tend to go with like with uh, era pieces because I yeah. know Vice is freaking, an era piece. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Period. Piece. It's so fucking hard to pull that off, you know. And I mean, yeah, it is. Like and to Christian, make it look Christian Bale is super impressive because if you think about it, he he's he's played he's a scrawny a scrawny a skinny crackhead in The Fighter and gotten all the way fattened up for for this movie and everything in between. Yeah, everything. Uh, so I don't know. I'm gonna go with um, Mary Queen of Scott. All right. There's just something about Mary, I guess. Oh, uh, that's me. the door right there. <laughs> don't ever leave. <laughs> that's um, who is that? You know, Margot Robbie. Yeah. yeah. You said you know because you were stalling. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think, Mike? Did you see? What did you see? You saw Vice. I'll just pick Vice. <laughs> okay. Perfect. <laughs> I now these categories are flying. All y'all's go see Border. All right. Um, how did, did how did you see it? By the way, did you, did the you rent it? Yeah, I went. Mm -hmm. I saw all the loft. I think I ended up seeing Vox Locks instead of. Oh really? Mm -hmm. How was yeah, that? It was really good. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know how that's not. Yeah, that that should be like somewhere too, right? I don't yeah. know. Anyway, um, is that Casper now? <laughs> oh no, it's not. Vox <laughs> Locks is. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was. It's a dance movie, right? No, that's Climax. No, that's oh, okay. Then I don't know. What... Climax is not out yet. Uh, we'll look I'm definitely going to see that at uh, The Loft. Mm. All right. Let's move on to Best Costume Design. Mm. Yeah. I love costume design. So uh, nominees, Mary Zoffries for Ballad of Buster Scruggs, mm. Ruthie Carter, Black Panther, mm. Sandy Powell, The Favorite, mm. Sandy Powell again. Mary Poppins Returns. Whoa. Damn. Mm -hmm. Alexandra Byrne for Mary Queen of Scots. 
<laughs> what do you got, Nick? I got Frank's eyes staring at me. <laughs> Lucky. It's giving me that look. It's weird mm, for each one. These all are worthy of them. Did you say all of them? I did. Oh. Is it my turn? Yeah, I decided that okay. you should go first. Hey, you, uh, you know, I really like the costumes in Black Panther. Same thing that I said about production design. Uh-huh. Um, but I also really like uh, the favorite, and knowing that yeah. they're both by Sandy Powell, let's uh, let's give it no. to Sandy. And no, they're not. The Sandy Powell. Or did... Sandy Powell also did Mary Poppins Returns. Right. So if they got to let's. <laughs> so therefore. Favorite. Yeah. Well, if you're on here twice, I think you should win something. What did you pick? Black Panther and the favorite. Yeah. So now I'm I'm solidifying my pick for the favorite. Are you? Because Sandy Powell. Okay. Is on okay. there twice. Okay. Greedy. I think uh... Ruth Carter only got nominated once, like a scrub. <laughs> but was it legitimately your favorite costume of those? Sure. <laughs> do you even care about costume design? No, I really do like. Uh, I really like the favorite. Yeah, the favorite yeah. Un- undoubtedly has fantastic costume. Because you know they did a period piece, but they also did it with a lot of creative flair. freedom and flair, oh, yeah. and so you got like. Something yeah. extra there. Little genesis. <laughs> <laughs> you're right. You're right. You're right. What do you think, Frank? Let me see your list again. I don't remember. It's not my list, list but it's these <laughs> are her nominations. <laughs> All right. Ooh, Ballad of Buster Scruggs. I really enjoyed that. Me too. Movie. I um, did not. She didn't even finish watching it. I've so tried three more times, too. Something's wrong with you then. I'm going to go with Ballad of Buster Scruggs. Um, if you haven't seen it, I don't know what to tell you, man. <laughs> if you don't like it, I really don't know what to tell you, man. Um, you know, okay, Ballad of Buster Scruggs again on this list would be my favorite film. But when we're talking about if we're talking about costume design, I think it has to go to Black Panther. Like, yeah, it the their design is so cool. The the old kind of the combination of new sci-fi. An old kind of cool African tribal garb. I love it. You know, I think it's really original. So why did you shit all over me when I like them from production design? Let's make it about you. God damn I'm it. just telling you, production design is not the same as costume. I know, but you're citing the exact same reasons that I mm-hmm. cited for production design. I'm talking about clothing, though. God damn it. All How right. Much of, of, of what? Black no, no, no. Panther. Let me continue to it's, talk it's about... Part. Okay, go ahead. Let me, let me continue. Let me just finish my thought. We're talking... No. Production design is a huge, <laughs> overall, giant look at things. They're kind of giving costumes. you shit because I have such an affinity for cost, for uh, production design. I think that I, you know, have stated my points on production design... They are different points than costume design. This is a little bit, this is a lot more narrowed in. It's only one part of the overall production. Well, I know the difference between those two. Well, you're acting like you don't, so I'm giving you my answer. (sighs) Ballad of Buster Scruggs, if that were on the production design list, hands down the best production design. Now, we're talking about specifically wardrobe. Definitely Black Panther of these had my eye more because it's over the top costumes really great original looking well-designed well-thought-out detailed costumes you know they also had very original well-thought-out designed production design throughout as well 
There are two Mike, different categories. Mike, what was your pick hold for on, costume Hold designer. on. Nope, nope, nope. There are two different categories. They're I know. very specific. Those are my fucking answers. Yeah, those adjectives apply to the other category, too. You're making too. it about you and your opinions, and I'm telling you what the difference <laughs> oh, I'm between. I'm making it back to the film, too. Not enough people saw Black Panther. <laughs> I feel like it needs <laughs> Not enough people saw Black Panther. All right, That's Mike. Relieve the tension here on this oh. little plastic don't piece. Don't relieve of your tension. Ew. <laughs> yeah. yeah, don't do it in the ranch, Mike. Relieve the tension here, Mike. That is the ranch. Oh. <laughs> uh, I, I ate a whole cup of that. Uh, black I think I might be pregnant now. <laughs> I would say Black Panther. <laughs> I would say Black Panther for the, uh, for the same reasons you mentioned. Um, you know, despite them having Yo. issues with the visual effects and the compositing for the Black Panther suits. <laughs> right, yeah, that, okay. For the, for the, because that, that, fall, that falls yeah. under Which visual again, effects. Which again, yeah, is another category. Um, the, you know, the designs were a mix of tribal, ancient, you know, historical stuff, and... Yeah. Uh, super high, Ancient, high tech, you know, historical you know. stuff. Yeah. Um, Which is weird. Technology. It's a weird combo, yeah. and I wouldn't think you could pull it off. Like, take, like, you know, uh, someone from, like, this tribe and mix it up with someone from the future. It, you think it would look goofy, but it, it works. I've seen it in other things, but in like, not... Well, <laughs> like, well, no, like it, what? it doesn't fall... Was it, Eddie I mean, Murphy in it? No, in game, in, I've seen it was in it, games. Was it Pluto? Uh, I've seen it in games, but I haven't... Games? Really, games. Oh, games, yeah. 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 Um, okay, yeah. But um, not necessarily um, in films like this, you know. So uh, it's like essentially giving Russell Crowe's character in The Gladiator, you know, some sort of high-tech suit with lights and things like that, but having it maintain the sort of Roman feel to it and uh i particularly thought that um the the woman i forgot her name the the woman who plays the uh the mother of um bassett Bassett, yeah um her outfit when we first see her uh in wakanda i thought was pretty pretty awesome sort of a la uh, like akin to um uh how like natalie portman looked when we first saw her as amidala in um uh the first sure. movie, the prequels. Sure. Uh, the best story of Star Wars. <laughs> so, um, you know, mix of classical with high technology. So Yeah, which is, yeah, it's really, you don't so. see that a lot where it's, it really is just pulled off well. Um, and yeah, I like that they also, for each character, they all have their own individual thing going on too, yes. you know. Yes. All right, so, oh, I don't want to get into the big heavy categories yet, or do I? You do. You've been here forever, man. All right, all right. Here we go. Best cinematography. Finally, a real category. (laughs) All right. We're going to start with Frank on this one. And um, so, best cinematography. We got Robbie Ryan for The Favorite, Caleb Deschanel. Deschanel. How do you say it, Nick? Deschanel. Chanel like Zoe. Mm-hmm. Never Look Away, Alfonso Cura for Roma, Maddie Libetic, A Star is Born, and Ooh, Luzak Thal for Saul. Cold War. Cold War. Cold War. Did you see Cold War? No. I heard it was real tear jerker. Really? Didn't yes. see it. Um, I think Roma, hands down. Alright. Absolutely. I think it'll win for Best Cinematography. Yeah. Um, what do you think, Mike? Pass. <laughs> How are you going to pass on the best cinematography? I haven't seen any of those. What? How is that possible? 
All right. Yeah. I'm going to go with Roma also. Um, I, I don't, you know, it's just so obvious. <laughs> it's like with, with Best Cinematography last year, the, to me, the clear winner was obvious as well. Mm -hmm. And Nick? Man, this one was really hard. Um, like, they're all fucking amazing. Mm -hmm. uh, Cold War, Lucas Zoll. Um, Did you cry? Yes, okay. a lot. And they, uh, he shot Ida, which is one of my mm -hmm. favorite films oh. ever. Uh, and this house is, is like an elevated version of that look. I'm not trying to be funny. During Cold War, did you cry a lot during or after? Because I've heard after is oh. the worst part. Um, I don't think I really cried after. Okay. Yeah. Hmm. Um, I also really liked how Star is Born was shot. And I wasn't expecting to. But mm. it was just, it wasn't showy at all. It just was very natural to the story. Um, but yeah, Roma, I think, is like hands down yeah. the, the winner. It's like, what was it last year, Blade Runner 2049, yeah. where we were just like... I think Roma just does something so, like, unique and life-changing, almost. Yeah, life like, I mean, it's just like... A and I didn't even over. see it in a theater, which is crazy. Um, and it still gave me that, like, just the effect of, like, epic, giant, you know, beautiful, old-world style of filmmaking yeah. on my smaller TV. My, Corona, my TV's smaller than a... Proves that you don't need Screen. an actual DP. <laughs> <laughs> Ouch. Don't you think you See, got... cinematographers, what are you guys upset about? The best cinematographer on here isn't even a DP. That's... I'm not even <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, he's not. Oi. Oi. You guys are amazing. <laughs> All right. We're going to move on to best adapted screenplay. Mm. Nick, why don't you name them off? Okay, Ballad of Buster Scruggs by the Brothers Cohen, <laughs> Black Klansman by Charlie Wachtel, David Rabinowitz, Kevin Wilmot, and Spike Lee. Can You Ever Forgive Me by Nicole Hofsinner and Jeff Witte. If Beale Street Could Talk by Barry Jenkins. A Star is Born by Eric Roth, Bradley Cooper, and Will Fetters. This is best adapted screenplay. Mike, you know how you're really good at explaining things? <laughs> can, you, can you explain what adapted screenplay is as opposed to original screenplay? Does it always have to be from a book? Um, where does a fully artist fall in between those two? <laughs> no. <laughs> I mean, my understanding is that it's from another... Material, uh, such I mean, adapted screenplay could be anything from a graphic novel, a comic strip, um, to a book, uh, you know, to even a storyline of a of a game or something like that. Yeah. Uh, it, as long as it comes from something else, it's not okay. original. Comp could be a play. Could be a remake of another movie. Yeah. 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 Adapted if it was rewritten original. from. Uh, mm -hmm. Okay. That's why a star is born. Oh, right. Um, is on here. That did start as a play, I think. Oh, did it? Yeah. Pretty sure. Oh, snap. Mm -hmm. So I see on your screen, Nick, that you chose Black Klansman. Yeah, I did. Um, I really like this movie a lot. <laughs> and it was, I mean, it was a, it was a big subject yeah. to tackle. It was also a really bizarre subject to tackle. And it was extremely timely. And mm -hmm. I think... Um, what those writers did was kind of a juggling act in mm -hmm. making it not feel all over the place. And it feels like completely succinct. It feels all part of the same story. 
uh, yet hits on all these different things. And it there's so much nice specificity to the dialogue and to just the little moments throughout. Oh. Do you yeah. know what the original material was? I mean, I don't. Um, I think it was based on an autobiography. Oh, okay. So it's a true story? Mm -hmm. Cool. So, Frank. Um, yes, what is your question? What is your pick for best adapted screenplay? I'm going to lean towards A Star is Born. Um, and I'm going to see if I can articulate my reasoning why. <laughs> there's a str I think there's a strange thing with... With when you because I haven't read a screenplay for any of these, so you're you're really kind of taking it at face value of like the picture itself. Yeah. When you take into consideration, it's from a first time director to take a screenplay mm -hmm. like that that's been adapted several times, mm -hmm. um, and for it to be as good and as still it was, come and, across as original. Yeah, mm -hmm. I think um, I think that is uh, that's, yeah. that's definitely that's a feat. That's a feat. Yeah, I would say so. Update on Black Klansman. It's yeah. based on a 2014 me memoir by uh, Ron Stallworth. Okay. Okay. Um, I got a pick. What about you, Mike? You need to see the category. Oh, no, no. Um, I, I choose uh, Black Klansman as well. Okay. Um, it took me by surprise, uh, that film. And like I already mentioned that um, I choose it for uh, best editing because of all the content that is going on at once, um, parallel to each other. Mm -hmm. uh, I felt like that, in part, definitely has to do with the way that the screenplay is written. So, yeah, I would, uh, I would go with uh, with that. I mean, was if Beale Street can talk was on that list. Mm -hmm. I, I saw. I don't know if you saw this in the director or read heard it in the Directors Guild uh, interview with Barry Jenkins. He came up with that concept and Moonlight in the same summer and wrote them both. Like oh, really? back to back. And they That's didn't kill wild. Dude. <laughs> That's amazing. How the fuck did you do that? That's wow. awesome. I feel like such a fucking piece of shit now. <laughs> You're welcome. All right. Um, that's amazing. That's pretty ridiculous. I haven't seen the film yet. I feel like it kind of came out later in the year, too, where I was just kind of like, didn't see Bill any Street? trailers. Yeah. yeah. And next thing I know, I'm just like, what's that movie with Regina King? Like, yeah. I just started seeing these um, bill or posters, and I didn't, yeah. I was like, anybody know what that movie is? I don't, you know, just wasn't a lot of... Um, wasn't a lot of buzz for it. Wasn't a lot of buzz yeah. And it looks incredible. I still haven't seen it yet, yeah. either, though. Yeah. But I feel like it should have be been nominated for way more things. I think that, um, yeah, I have a choice. I think A Star is Born will probably win it, but my my favorite is Ballad of Buster Scruggs. I absolutely love the uh, mini Western stories right out of an old epic like um, Western book. Do you know what, is it adapted from a book? I don't know, actually. No. I mean, because, I mean, when you watch it, they're going through a little cute little book. Yeah. And I just thought that was so much fun. And the best thing about it is everything, to me, that the Coen brothers do well is in is in Ballad of Buster Scruggs. Um, it's just so entertaining, and I love each story um, from beginning to end, even though Nick doesn't agree. I feel like it was a it was a treat because usually yeah, with Co with Cohen Brothers films they have that uh, method of releasing where they'll do a dark comedy and then like a drama and then yeah. dark comedy it's and all in drama. one yeah and West. yeah this yeah this was you know a mix of all of those things that yeah. they usually do separated by years potentially. Right. 
uh, all in the course of one one film. And uh, exactly. I thought that was actually pretty cool. It's definitely yeah. right there for me after Black Klansman. So yeah. it was, it was a really well done. I mean, I'm a big Coen Brothers fan. I, I don't like every single one of their films, probably 90%. And this one, I, I thought it was so uh, fun and such a great thing for Coen Brothers fans to yeah. see everything in one piece. So the film was based on Western-themed short stories okay. written by the Coens oh, over a period of 20 to 25 years. It counts very Weirdos. <laughs> I'm going to guess. You remember when Fargo came out and yeah. it was a true story? I wonder if this is like a similar thing where they're like, oh, no, we wrote these short stories like decades ago. <laughs> And this is what we're basing it on. That is bizarre. That feels like something Who knows? do. Okay, let's move on to best original screenplay. Good. I feel nervous. Oh, boy. Um, all right, so nominees. Deborah Davis and Tony McNamara for The Favorite. Paul Schrader, First Reformed. That's fucking cool. Um, Nick Valenzuela? Am I saying it like baloney? Uh, Brian Hayes, Curry, and Peter Farrelly, uh, Green Book. Uh, Alfonso Curran for Roma and Adam McKay, Vice. This is a tough one. I definitely, I definitely say my pick is Paul Schrader's First Reformed. That movie, it deserved, it deserves this nomination and I'm happy to see it here. And, um, it's so, it's weird. <laughs> it's an A24 art house kind of bizarre film, not for everybody. And I just loved it. It's it definitely lives up to being original. Um, I enjoyed I enjoyed the hell out of it. So, <laughs> what do you, and, and great performances too. But the, out of these, that's my pick. And the, I'm saying that even over Roma. So that's kind of me being film snobby. But it's a weird thing to say that I pick something over Roma because I'm being film snobby. But <laughs> first reform for sure is my pick. I was really torn on this between First Reformed and Vice because mm -hmm. they do such different things on yeah. totally ends of the other ends of the spectrum. But after hearing your glowing review, you won me <laughs> over to First Reformed, which I feel like should have okay. been nominated for way more things. Yeah, I, yeah. I really love that movie. But I mean, Ethan Hawke yeah. was fantastic. Yeah, it was incredible. And Best Supporting, even. Oh, shit. Where'd all my best support? Oh, actors are coming up. Yay. Uh, what do you got, Frank? I'm going to go with Vice. Okay. I just like Adam McKay and his his style of writing and the way it translates yeah. onto the screen. Yeah, he does a great job. It, it's so like technically good, yeah. you know. And the dialogue is so sharp and, and snappy. It just is really inspiring. And it's such a big story. Yeah, what, what so a weird ground. story! You wouldn't and think that it would be entertaining. Same yeah. with the big short. When I first heard what it was about, I was like, right. Yeah. Who cares? But man, one of my favorite films. He does year. a really great job of like taking a complex idea or narrative and kind of bringing it down to layman's terms. It's it's easy to kind of. But he does it without dumbing it down. He right. doesn't like, dumb yeah. it down. Yeah. yeah. But he communicates yeah, he it. Communicates like, very so well. anybody, so an audience can enjoy it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what do you think, Mike? What's your original screenplay pick? I really liked. Uh, I really liked Green Book, but Vice affected me way more when I saw that. Um, and despite the fact that I only saw it once versus I saw Green Book a couple times, uh, I still feel like Vice stood out um, way more as a impactful film 
more so than uh, Green Book for me. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, yeah. No, I would I'd choose Vice. And, and again, it's, it is kind of cool to see the big difference, differences between categories because when we're talking about just screenplays, like Frank mentioned, like you didn't actually read these screenplays, but we do read screenplays. Mm -hmm. I think I wouldn't really enjoy, if it was in English, reading Roma. Mm -hmm. um, I enjoy it very much watching it as an experience. Yeah. I feel like the pages would be like just like nothing. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah. All right. Let's go on to best supporting actor. Yeah, real categories. <laughs> we got Marashala Ali, Green Book, Adam Driver in Black Klansman, Sam Elliott, A Star is Born, Richard E. Grant. I love him. Um, Can You Ever Forgive Me? And Sam Rockwell in Vice. These are all so Jesus. good. Like, <laughs> I don't hard. even, I really don't care who actually wins. Like, I would be happy for any of these guys. But, I, I mean, personally, I would be especially happy for Richard E. Grant. I've been following mm. his career since I was 18. Huge fan of his work. He's been around a very, very long time. And he's not a, he's not a big name. And he yeah. so deserves um, an Oscar nomination. So this is awesome for him. Isn't Sam Elliott kind of the same boat? He's been around for a while. No. He hasn't been nominated. Like, <laughs> not to me. Not well, even not close. to you, not to you, but like, you know, he hadn't been, it wasn't nominated or won. Yeah. Something like I, that. That's great to see him on this list. Yeah. yeah. It's really cool. I mean, Marshall Ali, was, Nick and I were talking earlier about how bored we are with True Detective. Sorry, Nick. Uh, I called you out there. I might edit this Don't later. Don't put me on blast. But listen, it, Marshall Ali, it doesn't really matter. Because he makes anything worth watching. Yeah, yeah. So, um, what do you... I, I don't know who I would pick. I, I mean, especially because I have so much bias towards Richard E. Grant and Sam Rockwell. Um, I don't know. It, it's This is a tough one. And I don't really... Like I said, I don't care. I would be super happy if Richard E. Grant won this. Yeah, I feel like this category is really, really stacked. Yeah. Like, I... Unlike like, hair I love, makeup. Ah, um... <laughs> I love Sam Rockwell. I have since Confessions of a Dangerous Mind. That's one of my all-time favorite films. Yeah, so uh, good. I think he does a great job of playing George W. without it being a caricature. <laughs> um, Adam Driver is like the perfect version of Adam Driver in so Black Klansman. He's so good in everything. He's so good in everything. Yeah. But like he's just good, understated performance that you're just like, oh shit, you, you just watch feel like a real like, person. That's the best supporting actor. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But yeah, Mahershala Ali and Sam Elliott and Richard E. Grant are also all like fantastic. So as long as one Such of them a wins, good category. I guess, I guess Adam Driver. But I, yeah, that's hard. That'd for me. be your pick. Yeah. I, I I could see Sam Rockwell winning this one. Yeah, um, and I would be really surprised if they if Richard E. Grant won. But um, yeah, what do you think, Frank? I'm gonna go with Mahershala Ali, which is kind of weird that he's in the supporting role because yeah. it really feels like that film is about him and uh -huh. his and his journey so to see him in the, hmm. as that is kind of interesting yeah i was a little thrown off i i thought like vigo was the supporting yeah person. it feels like it should be vigo as a supporting um but between him and sam rockwell i think his performance is just better overall for sure but those are the two like top ones for yeah you. those are the two top ones for me what do you think mike um Ursula. Yeah. Yeah. No. Um, it. I agree with Frank that it is awkward that he's in a supporting position for that. But um, 
Yeah, I mean, I did. I'm totally a fan of uh, of Sam Rockwell in the fact that he won for three billboards uh, right. last year. Last you know, year, was, was awesome. Um, yeah. You know, he's one. He's one of the guys that, like, I guess he really just got started doing acting when he turned like 30. Hmm. Um, and I mean, he he did a really good job. But uh, Green Book, as far as the way it told the story um, was way more than just like, oh, you know, we're we're back in, you know, racist um, early United States. It's it feels current now. <laughs> uh, it, it feels um, it feels like merciless uh, performance took that into uh, account, but went further and, you know, in a way through his performance, pushed the, uh, the racism of the South uh, to the side and just really focused on the, you know, the connection between him and uh, Vigo's character. And so, yeah, I would choose uh, Mersh. Okay. Mersh. Uh, best supporting actress again. Wow, really great. It, it's um, it's kind of weird. Emma Stone and Rachel Weisz both in the favorite as supporting actresses. I kind of felt like Rachel Weisz was the lead. See, I feel like Emma not. Stone was the lead. Oh, that's weird. <laughs> we neither of us think of right. Yeah, what is her Olivia Coleman? Right. Even though, yeah, she is. I guess. Yeah. But um, just by proxy, by, by proxy, is that the right term? Mm. Is that my last Google word? Uh, so. <laughs> Not by proxy. Um, I don't know. I mean, she's Queen Elizabeth, so I guess she has to be the main character. But she definitely, it does feel like Emma Stone and Rachel Weisz's characters are way more focused upon. At least that's where my eye was drawn. Um, so the two of them, Regina King in If Beale Street Could Talk, Marina de Tavria, uh, Roma, um, and then Amy Adams in Vice. So, I don't know. I didn't see... If Beale Street could talk, I do really like Regina King, and it's cool to have seen her career take off from where she used to be, which, you know, I kind of just think of her in early years from sitcoms, and now the the last, you know, five years or so, you see her more and more in things. I think it's really great that she's gotten to the status that she's gotten to. Um, I really like both Rachel Weisz and Emma Stone in The Favorite, probably Rachel Weisz more, but I don't really have a solid pick. Because I like again, I like all of them a lot. Um, that I don't any of them could win, I'd be happy. So, what what do you think? Um, yeah, this is another super stacked category. Uh, I think though that I would have to go with uh, Marina de Taverda mm -hmm. from Roma because her her performance as the mother and her trying to hold it together and the balancing act of you know, she's taken out her anger sometimes uh, on the lead character and yeah. sometimes she's not and she's there and she's comforting and she's going through a divorce and all this yeah, stuff with her family. Really it feels so real and like you feel for her and you feel as she's trying to cover that up and not let her kids, you know, see what's going on underneath. Yeah. Um, I think that was the most affecting performance for me. Really good role. Yeah. What do you think, Frank? Completely agree. Yeah. Yeah. Was that your pick choice? Too. Yeah. And Mike? Um, I can only choose uh, Amy Adams. <laughs> everything and everything. All right, let's move on to Best Actor. Best Actor, Christian Bale, 
Vice, Bradley Cooper, Star is Born, Willem Dafoe at Eternity's Gate, Rami Malek, uh, Bohemian Rhapsody, and Viggo Mortensen in Green Book. <laughs> Frank is silently going shit and fuck. <laughs> Can we get them all participation trophies? <laughs> now, you know, we hate saying this, but seriously, has anyone seen at Eternity's Gate? <laughs> I, I, I saw the trailer to. for it. <laughs> okay, I intend to. It sounds great. Yeah. You who know, like Van Gogh. It's, except for Van Gogh. Who doesn't like Van Gogh except anybody during his time? Right. And, Van Gogh. <laughs> and, you know, maybe some hood rats that killed him. But anyway, and the woman that he gave his ear to. But, you know, <laughs> I heard that Willem Dafoe was actually a lot older um, than Van Gogh would have been, mm. which is interesting. Um, I feel like Rami Malek will probably win this because he. I mean, he's. I never thought he would play Freddie Mercury and be him, and obviously he has and does a great job. Um, it's not exciting to me in that way, though. Mm-hmm. I feel like if um, Sasha Baron Cohen had ended up playing him, I probably would have been excited about that. But this was like, yeah, he's a good fucking actor. He pulled it <laughs> off. Um, now, of these, Vigo is my favorite actor. Christian Bale, I feel like, well, yeah, why wouldn't you win? Um, I don't really care about Bradley Cooper and his stars born. I just don't care. Um, I would love to see, for just the pure amusement of it, I would love to see Willem Dafoe win this. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I don't have a pick. <laughs> okay. Um, I just have opinions. I think I feel like Christian Bale and Rami Malek are doing. I mean, they're they're both being real people that we've actually like experienced and watched in our real lives. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think they both do a great job of becoming those people. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I was, me and Frank were talking about this earlier today that there's something about Bradley Cooper's performance in there. Mm-hmm. That's just like you, you feel like that, that feels like an authentic lived in human being, mm-hmm. even though he has a stupid ass name like Jackson Maine. <laughs> that's and, a great fucking name. <laughs> I mean, uh, but I, I felt like what Bohemian Rhapsody was trying to do with capturing celebrity and uh, the vices and all those things attached to it, I felt like A Star is Born did it in a much more real, honest way that wasn't yeah. as paint by numbers. Um, and yeah, I, I think Bradley Cooper to like to to write it, to direct it, to star in it, all of these things. Um, sing in it. To sing in it. Uh, yeah, I mean, I walked away with that feeling, like definitely feeling something. Did you feel like more sort of respect for him as an oh, actor yeah. after this? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like, I didn't know he had this. I honestly, I didn't really care that much about him one way or the yeah. other. Then I, I'd heard him on a few different interviews as a director mm-hmm. and heard him talking about his process and he just seemed like a very well-adjusted Guy who's very grateful for what he was doing. He's not the same guy holding that like fake He's baby. He's not holding a fake baby anymore. <laughs> um, so hearing that, like I heard enough of it, I was like, okay, I should probably see this movie. And then I saw yeah. it, and I was just like, oh man. Okay. Uh, it did something to me. Good answer. What do you got, Frank? Same. Stacked category. Yeah. Um, I think it just comes. To, I'm gonna say Bradley Cooper. Um, you hurt with him mm. the entire movie, and I think. Um, I think when you, when an actor can jump through the screen and make you feel, like you feel everything that he feels in such a profound way like that, and then for it to end that way, just like. So, 
Have you seen Crazy Heart? This felt like a way better version of really? Crazy Heart. Yeah. Yeah. Way yeah. This is this is what I thought Crazy Heart was going to be. But Crazy Heart, I felt like it Crazy Heart felt like the movie of the week version of how to deal with addiction and alcoholism. Mm -hmm. And this felt like actual reality of it. Like the, he wow. goes through these cycles where he's sober, not sober, and it's not always like a big uh, to-do about it, is drawn yeah. to it. And it's not like any of these things, nothing magically fixes him ever. Um, and there's points where he's doing better and you think, oh man, he's going to really get better. And his triggers shift too. Mm -hmm. You know, it's... Like I've, the lame version of this would be, oh, he starts drinking because he gets jealous of her success. And it's like, no, that's not why. Because there's there's times that he's genuinely happy for her and yeah. he's sober, and it just it. No. Yeah. I've only seen the um, the last version of the film to come out. They did put it on Netflix for a little while mm. before this film came out, and I was like, yeah, I'll watch it. And you know, it's very it's very entertaining. It's enjoyable. Um, so. Um, but the, that character is not doesn't have all these layers. He's mm. the same character, yeah. he, um, but he does not have all those layers. Yeah. So that's cool. Um, and that's that's really interesting. They're able to like show what an alcoholic um, is like in reality because in the Chris Christopherson version, uh, first of all, he's a terrible singer in the film, <laughs> <laughs> and the songs kind of suck, except for Barbara Streisand songs. Um, but he's never really jealous of her at all. He's more so like, this is an actual great artist. I'm going to back away. I discovered her, but I'm going to back away and let her do her thing. And in the end, he backs away in the most ultimate <laughs> way. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, my train of thought kind of left without Amtrak outside. Uh, I just think that, oh yeah, the way that he ultimately ends things, the Chris Christopherson version of it, you're just like, why did you do that, idiot? Because you don't feel it that much. Yeah. You don't feel the pain that much. So that's really cool that he, he went there. You with feel it. it. Here, it almost feels inevitable. Like when it happens, oh, it's really? kind of, and I didn't know the story really. Yeah. Um, and I totally forgot that Frank had spoiled it for me. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's what he does. So like when I was watching it, I was like, oh my God, he's going to do this. And then it felt like, of course he's going to do this. Like this had to have happened. Like he was never going to be happy. Really? Yeah. In, in the version I was talking about, he just, he just like, drives away but recklessly so you know he's gonna crash his shit yeah but you're just like why dude you're fine like what are you doing you got barbara back home lounging around singing yeah. for you what do you do you know so you just hurt for yeah. him the entire yeah the entire right to the end you just hurt for him so much I, see yeah christopherson it just made it feel like that's already who he was and also <laughs> like it's kind of not intentionally but it's kind of funny the way he portrays the character like yeah. drunk eating a bucket of chicken you know, you know, and in here, what I thought they did was really nice too. Was that he? Um, they there's no like armchair psychology, mm -hmm. which I think is really uh, easy for writers to do. And this, like, it they don't even touch it. Does, that no, I mean, there's there's some things where you're just like, okay, you get a sense that he had some trauma, mm -hmm. but you really just know like this is just a deeply depressed person, mm -hmm. and it wasn't any one thing like this was going to happen to him no matter what because he wasn't taking care of himself the right way yeah 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 i thought i felt like they just did it in a realistic way real cool all right best actress oh, mike oh waiting. sorry mike sorry mike yeah, I mean, who's you your pick just like so long <laughs> uh, well i'm gonna i'm gonna choose the other musical uh Film and I'm gonna say uh, Rain Poppins wasn't on there. Rain, <laughs> Rain Malik. Uh, I'm a I'm a fan of 
Queen as a, as a band. And uh, I really enjoy watching the side-by-side -side of the footage of the Live Aid concert and then the cinematic version mm. um, with Raimi because he apparently watched the performance, as did the other uh, actors, multiple, multiple times. So when you watch them side-by-side, -side, it's exactly accurate. Like when, even when he would shift hands holding the microphone stand, it was in time with what was wow. what was going on with the songs and such um and yeah no i just thought like he really brought um freddie mercury to life um granted i feel like it would have been interesting to see a bit more of the darker aspects of his life um but you know that falls under screenplay sure. um for what was said and how it was presented I feel like Raimi did the uh, the best job of bringing that character um, to life, and uh, yeah, right. yeah, really liked it. Very cool. Um, I heard weird mixed reviews about the film since they came out. Since so the beginning, I heard immediately that it was not good, and then perception shifted dramatically to it was good. So it's really confusing to me. Yeah, I'm also just interested to see if it wins anything again due to the fact that um, they brought up the fact that it is a, like, according to the meta site, Rotten Tomatoes, it's like a 60-some-odd yeah. percent. Right. Yet it already won a couple globes. Yeah. And I feel like that goes to show that, you know, critics do have a, a sway, you know, an ability to sway an audience to go or not Definitely. to go. Definitely. But at the same time, it's not always 100% that they're right, you yeah. know, and the fact in this case that that 60 something percent feels pretty accurate. Does it? Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, for me, that's it's just kind of surface film. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that may be uh, applied to the film as a whole, but for um, individual performances, yeah. I feel like no, he's fantastic in there. Yeah, did a, I, a very good job. I was when I went and saw the favorite. Um, I like went to the restroom. I don't care too much information, but it was right when a bunch of people were coming out of their film, right when I'd taken a break, and um, I w and I was in this like suddenly in this herd of people, you know, just like walking with them, and whatever. I went to the restroom, and there's a line, so I started talking to the like I'm so social, right? So I started talking to the girl in front of me. I'm like, what what movie were you all coming out of? Because they seemed really kind of upbeat. Yeah. And um, she said, uh, you know, what do you mean Rhapsody? And I was kind of surprised just because I had read the bad reviews first. Because the trailers look, do you remember the trailer when the trailers was came out? amazing. Yeah, yeah, I was like, ooh, and I'm not a Queen fan, like, but I was just like, oh shit, I think it might be now. You yeah. know, like that was fucking amazing. And I didn't really expect Rami Malek to pull it off, but I was like, holy shit. Looked super good. Um, and I was expecting something more like The Doors in a way, but it's mm -hmm. not. It's more mm -hmm. of like an entertaining thing. Like you said, they don't go too dark. Yeah. And um, it's weird because you watch the trailer and yeah. you're like, oh my God, there's so many amazing visuals. Yeah. And then when they happen in the movie, you're like, oh. Like I just saw the best the trailer. part. Yeah. Okay. But it's not even like a big yeah. moment. Yeah. You're just like, It's cool. like, okay. But the girl was like, <laughs> like she's like, yeah, Bohemian Rhapsody. And I said, oh yeah, did you like it? I heard it wasn't very good. <laughs> and she was just like, yeah, I liked it. And I was just kind of thinking like, Pfft basic you know what i mean but i think that's just how it is like yeah i liked it 67 percent of yeah. you liked it that's enough all right now we're going to move on to best actress ready you're all ready for this mm -mm -mm -mm. nick can you read them all okay 
How come? I can't pronounce it. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) All right. We have Melissa McCarthy for Can You Ever Forgive Me? We have Lady Gaga for A Star Is Born. That was the one I was having a hard time with. Mm. We have Olivia <laughs> Coleman for The Favorite. We have Glenn Close for The Wife. And we have Yalitza Aparicia for Roma. God damn it. That's a tough name. All right. <laughs> That's we, what you're upset about. Yeah. You know what? I was going to watch The Wife last night. <laughs> Sounds weird. I was gonna um, watch the wife last night, and then I was then gonna I... walk my wife last night. Um, didn't feel like it, so <laughs> I think it's super cool that Melissa McCarthy is mm-hmm. on here. Um, if I were to guess, I think Lady Gaga will win. Um, if I were to have my way, <laughs> Lady Gaga would not exist. No, I'm just kidding. Um, I would pick Yalitza for sure because I think wow that. She was great, and and she's a non-actress. Like, she's not going to keep doing this. I doubt, you know, she's going to keep doing this. But her performance was beautiful, and that's all. What about you? What do you have? Uh, this was tough. I, I mean, uh, Stars Born is the last of these ones that I had seen, so Lady Gaga's performance stuck with me a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, I think uh, Yelitsa is amazing in Roma, mm-hmm. uh, all the reasons that you said, but... I feel like Olivia Coleman for the favorite. I it's weird it's to me that she's a lead actress, yeah. but it feels supporting. Yeah, it does feel like a supporting it's role. It's a really really great but she's performance. She's so good and like yeah. weird and sad and kind of like there's moments in there where I remember thinking, "Oh, I've met people like this before." <laughs> yeah. Let me write down the name. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We all agreed with the name I wrote down. Okay, anyway. What was the name of <laughs> Stop. Don't tell me. But yeah, I mean. That's so yeah, I think Olivia Coleman. Yeah. yeah. What about you, Frank? This is so tough because the two that I really like, their their performances are so far apart from one another, but they also are your two. two? Uh, Yalitza (laughs) and Lady Gaga. (laughs) Those are pretty far apart, like her um, eyes. (laughs) Just a horse head. (laughs) I'm gonna go with Yalitza. That train is agreeing. Yeah, it is. What's that? The train loves Mexican cinema. (laughs) <laughs> why, yeah, why are you I'll go with, go I'll with, go with like, Yalitza um, be, her performance it's so subtle and just like kind of subdued and just it's soft but it just carries the fucking story so well and I feel like when people talk about honest acting that's what they're yeah, talking about yeah I think that is what they're yeah exactly and you know it's not like I think it's interesting like to think about like how a general audience will watch the Oscars and if she won what they might think about it like let's say someone in, in their 30s 40s whatever is like I think I'll give acting a shot it just doesn't work that way right. like this is a super uh, unusual rare occasion where someone who's absolutely not an actor yeah, yeah. I think for that this. reason too because at least in the case with Lady Gaga she had somebody else to kind of pick up where maybe she would have been kind of slowing slowing it down or maybe not uh, performing as well she had somebody to kind of bounce her performance mm-hmm. off of yeah. with her plus with she has her music too which is another like yeah. pretty thing about the performance she also did like three months of intensive acting training oh mm-hmm. okay that's really cool and the and like Glenn Close is just some 
amateur. <laughs> <laughs> Get out of here, Glenn Close. What do you think? Glenn Close is like, What'd you, you do know, with those Dalmatians? <laughs> She's just a given. Like, if Glenn Close won, nobody would be right. mad. Um, but I kind of would like any of the other actresses to win. It would be cool to see Melissa McCarthy. Like, it would yeah. be really cool. I didn't cool. see that movie with her. She kind of gets on my nerves. Does she? Yeah. I'm not a huge fan. You get on my nerves. <laughs> not a huge fan of you. All right. Let's get on to Best Director. Nick's oh, favorite Oh, shit. Category. I totally forgot about this one. I thought we were at Best Picture. No, sir. Best uh, Director. Finally a real category. <laughs> Just for that, you got to read them off. Or why? Whose name don't you want to pronounce? Um, the last one. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we got Spike Lee for Black Klansman. We got Powell Polikowski for Cold War. Yorgos Lanthimos for The Favorite. Alfonso Caron for Roma. And Adam McKay for Vice. Great, great, great category and nominees. Yeah, great. this is... I'm just going to talk... Uh, <laughs> I mean, these are all incredible. Um, Paul Polakowski, he also did Ida. Uh, again, love that film. Um, Spike Lee, I kind of go back and forth on when I like his movies or not, but Black Klansman was super entertaining and super timely. Um, Yorgos Lanthimos, I mean, we we all love him, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, going back to Dark Better Tooth. all love him. <laughs> um, and Adam McKay for Vice, like he, he's doing this really he's cool man. thing, yeah. But I mean, Roma is like the movie of the year, if not the decade. Like, I mean, it's just such a after Mandy, after Mandy, yeah. Of course. Um, but yeah, what Alfonso Coron did with his, he did the, the script, he did the D, he was a DP, he was an editor, he was a producer, is based on his entire life, uh, and he directed it. Like, it's. Like, when you talk about a singular vision, yeah, um, I don't know if you can get much man, more to that than Roma. You just sold me on that, man. <laughs> it's my vote. Yeah. I mean, I would have said Yorgos more so for the fandom of it. Yeah. But this is not my favorite of his films by far. Yeah. Yeah, I would say it's like my third or fourth, maybe, favorite it's of his films. It's for him, mainstream. Yeah. <laughs> Which is weird. Um, so, yeah, I'm down with that. I think he will win Best Director. I think he will. Uh if you believe in them. What do you think, Frank? For all the reasons that Nick just listed, I definitely think um, Alfonso should take Best Director. No, after Alfonso. what everything, after everything that Nick said about him and you agreed with, you still thought he was going to be in Tucson <laughs> <laughs> and didn't really want to go see him. <laughs> Is that true? <laughs> It's a little true. <laughs> <laughs> All right. This is fucking dumb. Man. All right. I'm not even going to talk about that anymore. Mike, you Mike. can't pass again. Well, I no, he's I, not. He's no, not going to pass. I'm just, waiting, I'm just waiting for my turn. Okay. You, you guys keep on skipping categories. I'm sorry. We're not skipping categories. Well, I'm just skipping, skipping you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I don't mean to. I'm um, best winding, Mike Clark winding this down. I would say for this, uh, even though I'm – in agreement with Nick about not always enjoying Spike Lee. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought Spike, I thought uh, Black Klansman was um, well put together. Uh, I can appreciate from what I understand of um, Alfonso's 
work on his film, uh, the amount of uh, time and effort that he put into it. And I can appreciate wearing multiple hats uh, on your own set. <laughs> All right, Nick. Dun, 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 dun. Best picture. Best picture. What are the nominees? Nominees are Black Panther, Black Klansman, Bohemian Rhapsody, The Favorite, Green Book, Roma, A Star is Born, and Vice. Can I say something right now? Damn. Yes. Before we all say our favorites. Because I have something I want to say, too. Okay. I feel a bit ashamed. When I first read all of these nominees, I was disappointed. <laughs> and now that time has passed and I've seen more of the films and thought about it and yada yada, I'm not anymore. Hmm. Okay. That's all I wanted to say. <laughs> I want to start with Mike this time. Best picture, uh, what's your choice? Well, um, what are the, the nominees again? Black Panther, Black Klansman, Bohemian Rhapsody, The Favorite, Green Book, Roma, A Star is Born, and Vice. Frank, what are you what are, <laughs> what are, what are your I'm doing some mental gymnastics right now. All right. Uh, I have some thoughts. All right. Let's get back to these brain-dead losers over here in a minute. What are your thoughts, Nick? First, I think we have some snubs. I we have think, some snubs. I think we should get rid of Black Panther and Bohemian Rhapsody. Yeah. Replace it with If Beale Street Could Talk, even though I haven't seen it. <laughs> uh, Widows. Widows. And um, you First know the Reformed. other one. First Reform, that's the other one. Definitely. Those should be in there. And Mandy. <laughs> uh, Mandy yeah. wins it all. No, but yeah, I agree. Yeah, I, I, I think... Like, but Black Panther is a fine superhero Black movie. Black Panther but is a great movie, but it, I feel like it was thrown in there, right? Same thing. Bohemian Rhapsody like is an okay vote. movie, but it's not It's not in the same that level as these other ones. That is performance-based, yeah. So... Whereas First Reformed is... Got it all. Yeah. It's got it all, man. Widows, I think, does what Black Panther does, but in a more layered, That's more cool. nuanced way, and yeah. it covers way more ground. Uh, I'm happy, thematically. happy to see the favorite there. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, I think it's really cool that um, that the favorite's in there because yeah. it doesn't seem like it would have been. No, it seems like it should have. Avengers you know. isn't on the list either. Oh, yeah. No, Why would it be? Here. Although I enjoy Avengers I Infinity War way more than Black Panther. Wait, yeah, yeah. agreed. Yeah. Yeah. Um, for me, it's Roma for all of the things I've said about Roma it, up until this point. Hands down, yeah. it's the best film out of all of them. I mean, and there's some really good films here too, but sure. Roma is like. That's the one. You can't. I, I feel kind of like nothing compares to it, and yeah. I felt that way last year. Was it last year with Moonlight? Uh, it was two years ago, two but years I felt ago. the exact same way. Yeah, After you Moonlight. see Moonlight, you're like, okay, everybody yeah. go home. Yeah, like, every other movie sucks except Moonlight. Yeah. <laughs> well, I can't even remember what last year's. Last year was weird because it was all a bunch of like good movies, but there wasn't really like a standout film. Yeah. Do you? Can you? If only there was a way. <laughs> And now, Frank, you've had some time to think. I have. We're going to... Nick might that. interject. Yeah. All right. So I have to think... Shape of Shape Water. Shape of Water. Well, yeah. So I think <laughs> when you think about the best... For, for me, when I think about the best picture, I think of, like, the sum of its parts, obviously, like, all the little elements that go into this and the overall experience of walking out and feeling it's either like connected or in some kind of way. It really is. Yeah, it is. And I like some of all their parts. There are some, like Stars Born did that for me. But Green Book, for some reason, I think it was the 
the acting performances between Mahersha and Viggo Mortensen. I think it was the subject matter. I think it was the cinematography and, you know, um, just the way the story felt like an original version of something that we've seen so many times. Mm-hmm. Like Mudbound was probably right. the similar thing to it last year. Mm-hmm. Driving Miss Daisy. Yeah, and I know you have you, – there's, there's, there's a – there's a thing about Marshall Lee that he does that happens to him in this movie, and I don't know if you guys have seen it. You've seen it, haven't you? You don't, you don't yeah. have to spoil it, though. Right. Yeah, I'm, gonna <laughs> I'm gonna go with Green Book. I'm gonna okay. go with Green Book. Yeah, it. I can't. I can't give you an exact reason. It's just just really yeah. a feeling, you know. Um, you, you gave some good reasons, though. Okay. Oh, <laughs> Mike, done. now you've had some time to well, think. Well, uh, yeah, no, uh, I agree with him, and uh, I would also choose Green Book. Um, I want to say that it is, while it's cool that Black Panther is up there for Best Picture, which is another big step forward for comic book films, I don't... And <laughs> the African-American community. It's huge. Mike well, doesn't see ma- color. <laughs> well, that's right. <laughs> I, 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 only, I only see through sound. Um, <laughs> See through echolocation. <laughs> um, but no, uh, while while that's Im- impressive, I feel like as far as a, a feat, uh, what Infinity War brought to the table is way more impressive. That's ten years, twenty films whittled down into a singular yeah. storyline. In a different way, it is more impressive. And yeah. I think this is. I think Black Panther. Is an important film. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. Yeah. I mean, it's it's thematically way more sound than Infinity War. I loved Infinity War, but Infinity War feels like the yeah, season finale of a giant. I'll watch television Infinity episode. War five times before I watch Black definitely. Panther. But Black Panther, you do have like legitimate themes about what is yeah. like a wealthy country's responsibility to the rest of the world. You right. have themes of um, you know, how the African-American community, specifically in Amer- African-American community, mm-hmm. was taken advantage of. Uh, that, and you, you know, have and characters that are huge, that are heroes, that young uh, black comic book fans are just films of... Oh, and so many great black female characters. Yeah, strong action. and all that. But, but, I mean, Black Panther himself, that character oh, yeah. is so, like, cool. And, you know, that's that's something that Marvel has done a good job with with other characters that are different races you know um but this was a big deal mm-hmm. for this to come out and to have these people that can be looked up to by any race really yeah it doesn't i mean it, it it's about time that yeah. something like this came out and was revered and everybody enjoyed it you know and it has a catchphrase and it fit right in with the marvel universe but it's still its own thing and that was a great thing you know like it, Stanley, you know, you look at his legacy, and he he had a lot of social statements to make, and he did make them in his time. So yeah. I think it's a great it's a great gift to America. Yeah, it with, deserves to be here. It just, <laughs> I take back what I said earlier. You know what? Black Panther should win Best Picture. <laughs> no, we all know that. We all feel it. My pick as a film person, filmmaker, film fan is Roma. But that's that's interesting though to think like. What film going forward will have the most impact on cinema? Will it be Roma or something like, or would it be Black there's Panther? Like, what's going to impact people more? There's, I'd love to. I haven't seen that yet. It's there, good. There's nothing. There's no phrase in Roma that people are going to continue to say like Wakanda forever. 
I can't even remember a single line. There's memories and there's imprints, and it's a it's a film lovers film. Yeah, I think maybe that that's what is like. Roma will impact the people that make films. Yeah, and Black Panther will impact the people that watch films. Right, right. And so it was like I said, an important film yeah. to be made. I would say that's you know similar in the way that. Uh, for some reason, uh, Citizen Kane is still at the top of AFI's list yeah. of, you know, the best film ever made. Wow. It's a good movie, but I feel like it stands out among the film community more so than the audience I community. think that shifted a lot, though, you know? which I'm glad to say, yeah. that most people I know don't think that way. Oh, yeah, no, and no, I mean... It's but for a long time it did. Yeah, you know, there's uh, technical standpoints and all these other things aside, you know. You have to understand that the like, art forms evolve, and cinema is yeah. only 100 years old, a little bit more than that. I don't think that anyone will look back at Roma and be like, hack, right. you know? No, no, yeah. <laughs> Citizen Kane, I remember being made to see that in high school. Yeah. And I know why, but and everything, but I don't feel like Roma is on that level. I think it's much higher. Yeah. Um, it's really taken, you know, it's a true art form, but it also has a really nice, well-told, maybe not nice is the right word, but a really good human story right there. Yeah. Whereas Citizen Kane didn't make me cry. Like, fuck you and your sled. Yeah. 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 <laughs> no, no. <it's, laughs> I need to get a shirt that says that. Still, yeah, um, fuck you and your sled. Yeah. <laughs> Just, uh, I mean, I just do feel like, he, even though I'm not the biggest fan of Black Panther, the fact that the year before another comic book film, Logan, was up for Best Adapted Screenplay, mm -hmm. and now here we are with a, a, a comic book film being nominated for Best Picture. Mm -hmm. things, are, things are changing, and it's just like how, you know, Citizen Kane in its own time, unique, awesome, uh, versus Roma now, which is, you know, uh, above that as far as the fact that it's evolved with the times. Um, I feel like there's very unique and interesting stuff coming with comic book films and how they can't just be, oh, they're for kids. You know, it's like, no, yeah, we're, we're coming out with stories that affect adults equally right as they do as they do children that's a different stuff. statement to say about it for sure and and wrapping up the the uh podcast here i will say um i think it's unfair to not look at comic book movies as good films because guess what they fucking are they're good stories and they are real they're well made and there's good actors in them and they're they're feats to be made so i think that that whole idea of too many comic book movies it's like uh, I, I don't think there's too many, uh, especially when they're really good. I want more. Yeah, especially now because it's it's a genre of movie. Mm -hmm. Like it's not just like you know ripoffs of other things. It's yeah. like, you know, it's its own genre. Oh yeah. Like that'd be like saying like there's too many horror movies or there's too yeah. many thrillers or right. Like, you know. It's too many crazy rich Asian movies. Yeah. I mean, I, maybe the complaint <laughs> is that there's like too much money, like in terms of what's actually getting made and people that don't watch. Those yeah. films don't have any idea. They right. just think that they're stupid or something. And they're not, like, actually going out and watching them. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, Nick, I finally gave up saying ridiculous over and over. And I've replaced them with the word interesting and epic. There's also a lot of uh, feet. Not from you. Feet? Feet from Mike Clark today. Okay. A lot of nostalgia from Frank. Okay. What was that word you said, though? I said something, too, quite a bit. Did you? Slip, slip. 
slip, slip, slappy? slappy? No, no, he's only said that once. I've Samsonite. never heard. It was a good word. Samsonite. It was a good word. Something about lipstick. Yeah, it's a lipstick. Yeah. yeah good word. word. Good really Google. Nice. Good Google word. I lost my lipstick. <laughs> Where did my lipstick go? <laughs> I lost my lipstick. God damn it! I hope lipstick. I'm pronouncing it right. I don't. I've only read the word. I've never heard it out loud. You're oh. the epitome of strength. <laughs> That feels like a good place to end it. <laughs> I think so too. We all slit our wrist. Bye.